Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Baby Daniel himself. Uh, I, I can't make his noises. Uh... <laughs> I thought we were going to go, Pika Pika. Pika Pika. <laughs> Wrong character. No, uh, doesn't quite work. <laughs> anyway, so today we finish up our long series here of the movies and we talk the 2000s as well as the coen brothers more recent classic no country for old men so sit back relax grab a drink and don't trust anybody with a uh bowl cut bowl cut yeah there you go don't trust anyone with a bowl cut no offense to anyone that has one cheers no offense cheers be like no don't trust anybody with a bull cut and like a cattle that's what i was trying to think i can't think of the name of what that thing was called i forget what it's called too but yeah oh, crazy killer. crazy we'll get into that though oh man i'm looking forward to talking to this one so what are you drinking on your end today i got another bubble stash that i had left over so oh, sweet well, i've got a brand new one from surprise surprise breakside Brand new one called State of Excitement, Harvest IPA. And nice. yeah, it's good. I like it. Breakside Brew, available in four packs. Go get some. Sweet. <sighs> so good. Yeah, it was fun going there yesterday. I had a smoke border. They got some smoke border on tap. It wasn't nice. as uh, quite as dark is the one i remember from back in the day like because that one was kind of like a almost like a black butte with a smoke smoke taste to it but uh this one was still really good though okay yeah i need i haven't been back there in a while so i need to try it oh yeah go check it out but yeah i, I don't think they're selling it but you can also get crawlers now too yay which that's cool yeah that mean cool. yeah yeah, well, I mean, they, I've seen, I've bought Crowlers from them. It's like brand spanking now. Is it? Because like two times ago I went, that's the first I'd seen it. I don't know. Like they used to like, especially when they're like more just like didn't, I don't even think they had any inside seating available, but they had Crowlers in like the, uh, they had Crowlers in their little fridge that you could just pick up and buy. Hmm. I don't know if you can custom fill them now, but right now they, I don't know. Yeah, they, you can just pick whatever you want and uh, they'll throw it in a crowler can for you and seal the lid. Nice. I've definitely bought What Rough Beast in a crowler before. Oh, yeah. So the 2000s, let me find my notes here. Just take some good notes. On the 2000s, honestly, like I wait, watched it. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get started here, we are going to do some news. We got some tragic news that happened this last week. Daniel, take it away. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fucking Halloween already ruined this year. And then fucking Sean Connery died. Yeah. Uh, Sean Connery passed away. Literally just like, I mean, best, I mean, every, I feel like that's pretty much everybody's favorite Bond, at least people who watch the classics. I can see people saying, I can get why Daniel Craig would be your favorite. I mean, everybody has a different favorite Bond. I feel like, but Sean Connery is like one of the ones that or was the one, the Bond for a long time. Yeah. No, and he's I mean, obviously he done other movies since he was James Bond, but now he was a living legend up until the 31st. 
what was he, 90, I think? I mean, he lived yeah, a good he died life. At 90. That's, that's a good life lived, I'd say. But yeah, ah, man, it's just like, uh, that's just one of those things, you're like, man, I want to live in a world that doesn't have Sean Connery in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to think about, like, those actors that are older now that you're like, shit, dude, someday I'm going to get news that, like, Mark Hamill died. Right. I don't even want to think. I don't even like thinking about that. Well, they already they already killed him off in Star Wars, so. <laughs> yeah, but he's just so great. Yeah, he is. All right. Well, rest in peace, Sean Connery, man. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Huge Daniel Craig Bond fan, but man, you were the living legend classic. And yeah. I, to this day, I still love him as Indiana Jones's father in the third one. Great. Just a great, great role there. Yeah, I need to watch that again. So good. So good. All right. Well. Shall we talk the 2000s? Let me see here. Yeah. I'm going to review my notes quickly for a sec. Wow, it took a lot. You oh, took a lot? Shit. That's good, because I watched it. And this is one, usually I watch them closer to the weekend. But this episode I watched pretty early on in the week. So I kind of had, I should have taken more notes on it. I just like watching it and writing down all of the uh the movies that i'm like holy shit i need to see that and especially with the 2000s there's a lot more of like yeah i definitely have been heavily aware of most of these movies which makes it even harder to be like wow i definitely should have watched a lot of these before this i was surprised by how many i still hadn't seen i'm like definitely uh, yeah because i was like definitely heard of that movie haven't seen it yet definitely heard of that one haven't seen it yet Heard of that one. Yeah. I was shocked how many I hadn't seen still. Um, let's see. Sorry. I'm just looking over my notes here. But, I mean, we, 2000 itself started off with some good movies. We reviewed a few of them. Uh, Almost Famous came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. That's one of Daniel's favorites. Um, we also reviewed High Fidelity came out in 2000. Great movie. Yeah, I saw that. I think that's on HBO right now, and I almost wanted to watch. I'm probably going to watch that again. Oh, you should. It's a good one. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, so much to talk about here. I mean, you got all these new directors that have come out. Uh, what, one thing that's interesting, and you know, they brought to your attention, although you know, we've heard sequels weren't new, we've heard of sequels and stuff, this kind of became the era of the franchise. Yeah. We're going to just have a sequel maybe two, like RoboCop or Beverly Hills Cop, Back to the Future. Uh, but you have several, several, several sequels. And some examples they t- talked about, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I mean, you've got the Star Wars prequels and sequel trilogies. Um, Twilight, Hunger Games, Harry Potter. Obviously later in 2008, Marvel started up too. And obviously, yes. And starting in 2008, Marvel kicks off. Uh, yeah, so became the era of the franchise. I mean, and you could you could kind of say it's, and it, I think part of it too was the big success of Lord of the Rings. I mean, that just out of the gate, huge success. Yeah. Have you seen those? I've still only seen the first one, but I've seen all of the Hobbit movies, so don't worry. Uh, see it all. See it all. Winter is coming, so you can uh, have plenty of time. Winter's coming. I just need to find the extended editions. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Look on Best Buy. 
I, probably, I think you can still get them on Blu-ray. Well, you can get them like Blu-ray 4K for like $70 if you're lucky when they're on sale. Yeah. Yeah, Blu-ray itself is fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, with the uh, Cyber Monday, Black Friday stuff coming up, I'm sure there'll be like $40 for the pack. Maybe. But then I have to have $40. True. True, true, true. Yeah, I mean, we get all these different franchises, like you said, like, especially Harry Potter is probably one of the earliest ones to come out of the 2000s. Mm -hmm. I think it came out in, like, 2001. I think that's when the first one hit. I can look it up here. No, no, yeah, because I remember them talking about, like, you know, like, the the first Harry Potter movie came out right after, like, Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. They uh, they even, they hit on that in the movie, or the uh, episode that, uh, just after 9-11, just a couple months after 9-11, Harry Potter is released. And yeah, I mean, talk about a time for needing an escape movie where you go to a different world. Exactly. And I mean, you know, Harry shit, Potter was I like, especially it. like, the first few, they're just very like, oh, they're more whimsical. I'm like, oh, cool, like a nice adventure, you know, like, before they get overly serious, I think what? I mean, the third one's getting pretty serious. I think by the end of the fourth one is what? is when it just goes dark yeah by the end of the gomlet of fire is when it's getting pretty dark and starting to take a more serious tone more grown-up right. tone but it's a fun series i mean I, I enjoy it i didn't watch them till just a few years ago but same i think my first time watching all of them was two years ago yeah but i enjoy them they're fun i own actually own them now and they put out some killer lego sets for uh harry potter i mean as I showed Daniel earlier, I got this new Hedwig Owl set where you get nice. to build Hedwig. Comes with a motor, or not a motor, but you know, gear so crank. you can you can crank a handle and he'll flap his wings. That's and you get to cool. build it. And you get to build it. That's the best part. There you go. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was uh, showing the uh, grandparents the other day and they're like oh so cute an owl of course they have no idea what it's from or like what its significance is yeah <laughs> they definitely funny. did not let us watch harry potter over their house because witches are the devil's witches. advocates <laughs> so that was a no-go <laughs> couldn't watch sabrina couldn't watch harry potter well it's okay i'm sabrina I don't know. I've watched that in more recent years, and it's still fun to watch. Is it? I yeah. barely remember it. It's dumb. It's cheesy, but it's pretty funny. Did they come out with a remake of that? Yeah, on Netflix. Ah, nice. All right. Um, but yes, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, early two thousands, you had Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I mean, what's what's one of your favorite franchises? You know, I mean, Marvel, obviously. Harry Potter is kind of like, eh, for me. I probably, um, I want to say Pirates of the Caribbean, but I really haven't even seen all of those. I really just still really, really fucking love the first movie. I love that movie so much. So I've seen the original a bunch of times, and I've seen the second one once, and that's it. I've never seen three on. (laughs) I watched the first, second, and I remember really liking the second one. Then I saw the third one, then I'm like, okay, I'm out. And then they made like two or three more. Yeah, I remember everybody was a huge fan of Johnny Depp after that moment too, which I was kind of like, oh, please, people. Like, I've been a fan of him for quite a while. Like, Ed Wood, still one of my favorite performances done, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, 
Sleepy Hollow was great. So, you know, I was a huge fan before he was ever a pirate. But that made him, you know, mainstream and super, super popular. Uh, probably a couple more. So, I, I, I besides uh, well, the... Uh, I, I should also say, kind of, you know, before, I guess, like, the franchise, I mean, it was a trilogy, so I don't know if you can count that as the franchise, but obviously The Dark Knight, which they touch on with Heath Ledger, you know, Absolutely. shows some old uh, footage of him, like, doing interviews, too. But, I mean, it, like... Well, yeah, mo- no, normally, I guess you got a franchise. Is it four plus that gets you a... Is that what gets you a franchise? I guess. I mean, like, a trilogy... Because, yeah, there's several three. trilogies out there. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the, hangover the trilogy, franchises but... that didn't actually get to franchise status, which I would have liked to see it get to, is the Chronicles of Narnia movies that started coming out. Yeah, that would have been fun. They made, they got to the third, like, they got to th- make three movies, and I think there's, what, four or five? I think there's, no, like I think there's at least five or, books. Five or six books, yeah. So that's one thing I'm like, I would have liked to see those, because I remember like, really liking Prince Caspian. Like when yeah. that came out. That was fun. But then, yeah. you know, obviously Spider-Man. Hell yeah. The X-Men franchise. Of course. And that was started. a franchise, yeah. Yeah. Which probably kind of, would be kind of in different favorite. parts, but still a franchise. <laughs> yeah. I mean they had an original trilogy, then they made first cl- or well, wait, no. But yeah, they made the original trilogy, and then they made first class and uh Days of Future Past. I mean, that's still the groundwork that they put in still you see some of those characters come back yeah you know? that it's hit and miss i love x-men i love that world uh so hit and miss though love the first two especially x2 i just that is a great movie the first class is great days of future past is great and then just all the rest like apocalypse are just so eh. the dark phoenix that came that- out last year was just garbage i remember like i remember x-men uh Whatever the third one's called. Just X3, I think. I don't know. X3, I don't know. But I remember oh, that the last, one. The Last Stand. The Last Stand. Okay, I remember that was one of the first movies because like that movie came out when I was still fairly young. That was one of the first movies I went to the movies and I was just like, I'm not having fun. Why am I not having a fun time right now? Like, I remember liking parts, but overall, I'm like, I didn't like that at all. It just had a weird feel, like, because Brett, Brett, uh, not, um, not Brett, Brett Ranner did the third one, um, but Brian Singer did the first two, and Brett Ranner came in for the third, and it just had a totally different feel to it. Yeah, and then I also, in more, like, 2020, or, like, uh, you know, like, hindsight, I also dislike that movie even more because it turned me off to the Xbox or the Xbox, the X-Men franchise so much that I didn't even want or bother to go see first class in theaters. I didn't see that till years after. Oh gosh. And when I watched, I'm like, holy fuck, this one's awesome. Yeah, it's but I good. didn't see it because I that's hated the get, third one so much. We introduced to Michael Fassbender as a young Magneto. So good. So good. No, yeah. I think that's one that's one series I've seen every single one in theaters. I remember, so like early 2000s, Lord of the Rings, I was totally jacked to see those. I saw, I think, each one of those three times each in theaters. So calculate how many hours that is. 27 hours minimal in theaters for three movies. Uh, but yeah, love love those. Love the X-Men movies. Uh, Blade, early 2000s, Blade kind of gets forgotten about, but Blade, the first two at least, hell yeah, good stuff. Yeah. 
Those and movies are so much fun. I wouldn't mind reviewing those. Those would be kind of fun to rewatch. I haven't watched those in years. It'd be kind of fun to rewatch that trilogy. You know, yeah, and then tr- they also trilogy was a on. big one though. Franchise is kind of more what's happening now, but trilogy was kind of where it was at. Can we turn this into a trilogy? Because you had the Matrix trilogy, X Men, Spider Man. I mean, now something like the Sam Raimi Spider Man, they would have kept going, but it just happened to end after three. But still a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, so I know. Like, we're getting, like, the remnants where, like, they make, like, at least a trilogy, and but now they're like, all right, now everybody's trying to get a universe. Yeah. You know, like, the, everybody wants to make the properties into franchises. Obviously, like, some work, some don't. Do you you know, then we've got all these weird ones now, like, what, the Conjuring universe, where they have, like, three Conjuring movies and, like, two... I think they have, like, three or four spinoff movies from The Conjuring. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where, like, the Annabelle movies are, like... Oh, okay, yeah. And then they also have, like, what, they have The Nun, and I feel like there was one more. Oh, La Llorona or something like that. They're all part of the same universe? They're all part of, like, the same Conjuring universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of those weird ones. Like, you get a lot of weird stuff, like, when Universal was like, yeah, we're going to make our dark universe for all our monster movies. They announced it before they had the first movie out. They put out the first movie, and then they're like, never mind. Like, yeah, yeah, that was too bad. I like the idea of that happening, but it was too bad that it didn't work out. But hey, it's why you got to make a good... You got you know. I would have loved that because, fuck, one of my... Okay, I think early 2000s. One of my early 2000s faves may even be like late 1990s. Let me see. Okay, all right. 1999 was when The Mummy with Brandon Fraser came out. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's been a while. So The Mummy 2 took place in the... Two, or was in from the 2000s. 2001. And then I remember whenever, Dad pulling me from school early to go see the sequel, The Mummy 2. <laughs> that's that fun. Awesome. I mean, those movies, like, they're, like, have a special place in my heart. Because Brandon Fraser, I miss him so much. Such a great leading man. He was. I, yeah, I, I miss him, too. I mean, at least I got to shoot a scene with him for a movie once. <laughs> Oh yeah, you did. That was you cool. Walked past him in the background. <laughs> I gotta walk past him. Yeah, I gotta walk past Brendan Fraser pushing a lady in a wheelchair. Congratulations! Uh, I forgot was, about that. It was pretty rad being on a real movie set, though. Yeah, but you know, like, so we got all. The, I know it's like two thousands. Like we get the the remnants or like the beginnings of like what will become like universes, but we get more trilogies until like franchises start hitting big really until marvel i mean everybody wanted to be marvel once their first was it five they had before avengers iron man hulk iron man 2 thor captain oh yeah so they had five and then i think it was just the success at how much the event the first avenger just blew up biggest opening weekend of all time 200 million that was like 202 million dollars opening weekend just the biggest movie of all time which told them that okay franchises work we've got all of these characters individual films everything building up this one thing and boom and it's just what people wanted and they were oh man well people wanted it's the proof of concept too like they even talk about how like leading up they're like there's no way a movie with this many main characters is gonna work but in the first Avengers move, they did a really good job of giving everybody a good amount of screen time and teaming them up, and you get to see all those cool combo attacks and stuff. 
Like they, they pretty much pulled out all the stops and obviously then they built upon it and made them even crazier and cooler. They, they did. I mean, my favorite ones are in phase two, probably where you get winter soldier, civil war. I mean, just badassery all together. Or I guess was that at, was civil war after. Ultron? I think that's technically phase three. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't remember them. I mean, I don't really, it doesn't matter to me. Good stuff, though. But, Good yeah, stuff. So, oh, one of my favorite franchises. Uh, hello. James Bond. Oh, but I mean, that's a good yeah, one, too. The Dan- Duh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was going to be like, here's me riding a motorcycle. Wind in the face. Uh. Anyway, yes. The Mission Impossible franchise gets a what do you what, shit, what do you call that clear of like a resuscitation? Yeah, I mean, because the second one was fine, but it wasn't no, great. The second one sucks. I still am firmly in the ground that the second one sucks. It has its moments. It's pretty much three acts of no, I'm actually not the person as they pull off the face. That happened so many times in that fucking movie, and I hate it so much. <laughs> I know. It's got some great stuff, though. I mean, the Hans Zimmer score, still great. Rock climbing, great. Ending scene, all that action. Knife in the eye. Good stuff. But then, but yeah, anyway, so kind of after the second one kind of stalls a little bit. Because, I mean, that came out in 2000. But then we get good old number three with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, man, is he good as the bad guy. And, you know, I give J.J. great credit for, uh, you know, he kickstarted the franchise up again and made it, got to a point where it's going to kick some ass again. And goes protocol even better. Rogue Nation, in my opinion, even better. And then we get Fallout. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Just I know. It's one of the, like I said, like, it's one of those franchises that I was late on because, yeah, I watched, I mean, the third one came out in 2006, so I was still really young. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? Good start with the first in 96, 1996. And I think that's Paul Thomas. Was that Paul Thomas Anderson that did that one? I have no idea. I do not know directors who did things. Let me look. Oh, so, sorry, Brian De Palma. My bad. Anyway, but you started out strong, sank a little bit, then you came back strong, and then just got stronger, stronger, and stronger. I mean, just one builds on top of the other, and they just get more fun and more fun. I can't wait for number seven. I hope they bring back Jeremy Renner, too. I hope so, because I really enjoy the, the cast getting wider. I enjoy that quite a bit. I mean, you got Bing Rames is always fun. Um, yeah. Simon Pegg. Love Simon Pegg in these movies. But yeah, I hope Jim. I mean, you had, uh, up until the, the uh, last one, you had uh, Alec Baldwin for a couple. Yeah, I did like him, too. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they have a revolving door of cast, but they're always good. And I always, I don't know, they're, they're just great. They're like almost great action movies. Like they aren't, they really aren't slocky except for the second one. Yeah, they've come, they've become more action-y with the last couple. Just that the director specifically is kind of more an action director, but. But they still work. He, he does good. And he was signed on for two more. It's kind of strange because Tom Cruise wanted to always switch out directors every time. Because he's had, yeah. you know, Brian De Palma, John Wu, uh, Abrams, Brad Bird, Brad Bird, and then uh, I don't know why I'm trying to blank to his name, the guy that did the last two. But 
Uh, something woo. He's the guy that does the Fast and Furious movies, isn't he? Uh, let me look here. Do, 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 do. No, Christopher McQuarrie? Yes, 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 yes. So we did Fallout. Yeah, he did the last two. Yeah, Cruz brought him back. And then, I mean, pro- 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 part of it's Cruz, part of it's the studio. But uh, they liked him so much, they brought him back for Fallout. And then after that, they're like, well, you want to do two more? <laughs> so he's kind of their guy now. That's okay. I mean, what a great franchise, though. I, so, franchise wise, that's probably one of my favorites that's come out in the last 20 years is the Mission Impossible franchise. Then, of course, I, I mean, who doesn't love the MCU? Is it perfect? No. I get a little bit tired of the cookie cutterness of everything, but it's still a lot of fun. And what they have pulled off from Iron Man 1 all the way to Infinity War has just been amazing. I mean, we got some yeah. fun stuff in there. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Some of my favorite characters that they—they they were characters that I didn't, I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I think you feel the same about those. Like we didn't know who they were before that, but but then I'm like, man, yeah, again, needed them in my life. I don't. <laughs> I know those are some of my favorite characters. I'm like, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the ones besides Winter Soldier and a I few still, others. Like, I still those laugh. are the ones that I've watched the most. Still laugh when they're walking in an assembly line together and. All of a sudden, Rocket reaches down and arranges his pants. Yeah, <laughs> readjusts. <laughs> Still cracks me up every time. But yeah, no, we have so many. There's so many good movies, and there's so many more movies that we still need to watch. Oh, so many. Well, and it's just so many directors that have come out in the last few years too. Like Damien Chazelle hit it with Whiplash. Freaking love that movie. Then La La Land and First Man. I mean, he's one of those directors where. Whatever he's got coming out, I'm there. Opening weekend, I'm there. Yeah. They talked, and I know they talked about a lot of uh, Bra- uh, Coolidge. Cool. Okay. Brian Coolidge. Yeah, I keep I, butchering the names. I apologize. Yeah, and, what he did, or not, what did he do before Creed? So they he did Fru- Fruitvale Station. Okay. It's a crazy movie. You got to see it. Fruitvale Station, and then, yeah, from there, Creed, and that, I thought he did an amazing job, and definitely when I saw Creed 2, I could just, you could send, you knew it was missing something, it was just didn't have that, that Coolidge effect to it, you just sent something missing, it was kind of like when uh, uh, Lord and Miller, who did Lego Movie, you felt, you um, you noticed their absence, too, in the second movie, Lego Movie It just too. didn't have that same soul to it. Just It was just missing that soul, yeah. And that, those other directors that have come out, that whatever they do, I'll see. Yeah. Whether it's 21 Jump Street or Lego Movie or um, what's the one they did just recently? Oh, Spider-Verse. Spider Hell yeah! No, I've seen that movie so many times. I know, Lord and Miller's just like, oh, he's got I mean... And I still feel like I'm like, okay, they got fired from Solo and then Ron Howard came in and I don't know what he did, but I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I would love to see what they had in mind and what their movie would look like. Cause I, yeah, I, I personally thought it was probably Solo's, good. I, yeah, I personally thought Solo sucked. I, yeah, but I have no idea what they shot and what Ron Howard shot. I have no idea. I don't know. It's always a problem like it's just never good when they have to we have to switch over directors halfway through production yeah never yeah good. uh pixar gets huge in the last 20 years started out oh, yeah. in 1995 with a little movie called toy story 
sequel yeah. before the decade's over. But then just boom, one one after another. Incredibles, which is one of my all-time favorites. I love that movie. Finding Nemo, Monsters in Inc. I mean, Wally, which God, I'm so overdue to watch Wally. That was one of the things I was thinking. I'm like, I've only seen Wally once, and I definitely need to watch it again. Uh, watch it again. Yeah, it's so good. And That's... then uh, same with Up. I've only ever seen it once in theaters when same I was Same here, and I think I need to see it again because I remember walking away from that one thinking, eh, eh, eh. That's when, like, but that's when Pixar, like, they talk about how Pixar, like, that's when they start ripping out your soul. And they did. They did a good job at it. But and I, that opening sequence is legendary. Don't get me wrong. But I just thought the rest of it was just, meh. But I, mean, I think I just need to see it again. It's been a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, even Cars 1 is fine. It's still d- pretty decent. Paul Newman's last role. Yeah. But... Just but I mean, again, like they sequels. talk about cars is like that's the one that like they get all the toy sales from. Besides Toy Story too, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like cars is like they're like money maker for the studio as far as like um, franchising goes. Because like yeah, they don't actually fran- like they don't actually like sell a ton of different toys for all their different, you know, like all their different series. You know. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I mean, I'm sure Bugs Life. Bugs toys were fine, but not great. Yeah. Incredible, same thing. I mean, put out a Lego set for it tonight. Yeah, there's a good chance I might buy it. I mean, they came out with a lot for Toy Story 4, Lego-wise. Yeah. I don't know. I love Pixar, though. Can't wait for Soul on Christmas Day. I'm probably going to watch it on Christmas Day, honestly. Same. You know you are. You better. Because we're totally going to review it. Yeah, it'll be great. I'm like Christmas night, you and me recording. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. What are some other your favorites? What are what are some things you saw that you want to watch that looked interesting? Well, that's where, like, I wrote down a bunch of stuff because most of it I had heard of, but I'm like, okay, I really need to actually watch these because, like, the things that I put on my list. We're lost in translation. Like that looked really good. That Bill Murray movie. You, that is one I need to see again because I remember I actually went and saw that one in theaters. Or no, no, I guess I run. I think I rented it, Redbox or whatever. But I remember it was so hyped up, nominated for Best Picture. So I finally like, all right, all right, I'm gonna watch this. And I watched it. and I was like, kind of like I don't get it. Not that I didn't like get the story per se, but I was like, I don't get why this is so special. Why everybody's raving about it. But it could be the same thing with like, uh, like high fidelity. Needed to go out and experience life a little first, then come back and like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, and I feel like that's my problem with a lot of movies. (laughs) But okay, like yeah, and I wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Still never seen that. Fantastic film. Uh, Bridesmaids. You know, it's one of those comedies that like was made a huge splash when it came out. And I just, for some reason, had ne- I'm surprised I've still never seen that, that movie. I, I haven't watched it with Shiloh. I, or I to this day, have not seen it myself. And yeah, I'm, I'm rather surprised as well. But then, like, we also got stuff like Hurt Locker, who that won Best Picture against Avatar. Mm-hmm. Great which movie. Which, when they started mentioning Avatar, I'm like, oh, great. Fucking here we go. I like, oh. yeah, we get it. It made a lot of money. We get it. But at the same time, it's like, Jesus Christ, they're not ever coming out. 
I know the sequels. Yeah. I know that's I, a fran- that's a, somebody that wants a franchise badly, and but it's like, well, you got at least a, give us a second one to get a franchise going. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Avatar, great expansion in the theater. So one thing that's happened in the last twenty years is three D came back, yeah. went away for a long time. I never saw a movie in three D until uh, Robert Rodriguez was doing his third Spike Kid movie, and was like, you know what, I'm going to make this one in three D. It's taking place in a gaming world. How cool to be in three D. So. Yeah. Had no interest in Spy Kids. I watched the first two beforehand, just rented them, and then went and saw Spy Kids 3 in 3D because I wanted to go see what a 3D movie looked like. Yeah. And I I had fun. I remember, for the most I part, enjoying that Spy one. I remember Spy Kids in 3D. What's that? I remember going to see Spy Kids in 3D. It, it was fun. And from yeah. there, I mean, 3D just took off. I mean, some of my, what are some of your favorites 3D films? Like top three 3D films that came out in the last well, 20 years. Honestly, I will never forget when I the one time I got to see Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D. That was awesome. That was yeah. so much fun. Everything looked good and they had really fun pop-up moments. But then beyond that, Tron Legacy. Definitely. It's probably hands down like my favorite 3D experience ever. I remember seeing that two or three times in 3D and wishing like I remember watching it more recently and like, yeah, I still fucking love the movie. It looks cool, the score's great, but it's just like in 3D, it was something else. Yeah, it's such a fun movie. And I, I've heard rumors that, you know how they shut down production on 3? I heard rumors they are going to kickstart it up again. Yeah, I've heard that too. So hopefully. I hope they do. But I mean, the other one is just be like more recently, like how, seeing a How to Train Your Dragon movie in 3D was awesome. The third one? Yes. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, I guess it for me, 3D experiences, oh, it's so hard. I'm going to give you like maybe a top five because it's just so hard to pick so tron legacy i'm right there with you look fantastic in 3d especially the light bike sequence fantastic in 3d yeah avatar i gotta give it credit for what it is it was a fantastic film visually yeah seeing that in 3d because i saw it later on you know blu-ray at home not the same movie no gravity amazing and a must-see in 3d still never seen that so what was crazy about that too is like everybody talked about yeah this is a great movie great achievement in film gotta see it in 3d and like i don't know i just i put it off put it off it was like probably like five months after its initial opening weekend still in theaters here's what made me finally like okay i need to i'm there's got to be a reason i need to go see this five months later it was still playing in 3d at a local cinema and i was like okay 3d is usually attached to a movie for the first like two three weeks and then it kind of just fizzles out and then it just switches off to whatever months later and it's still playing in 3d there must be something about this 3d so yeah went and saw it in 3d i remember like i got her dad and i was like let's go see this gravity movie let's just go see what this is all about and we went and saw it blown away by it just visually stunning and i gotta say one of my favorite ones though this was a 3d re-release lion king that went, would be really good. Our sister Lauren and I went, and we're like, at first we're kind of like, I don't know how 3D is going to make this movie any better, but it's a two, you know, 2D cartoon, but whatever. Like, let's just go see some Lion King on the big screen. And yeah. it just looked so good, so sharp. The animation just popped. I, it's hard to explain because it's still a 2D cartoon, but everything just popped. And it was just yeah. stunning and beautiful. I know. That's one of the great things Like, that I think a lot of people forget about 3D is that they think it's more of a gimmick to like, oh, like things come right at you. But like a lot of animation, not necessarily like use it for that. A lot of it just makes it, they use it to just 
everything looks crisp and sharp and just amazing. Yeah. And more of like high fidelity than anything else. Right. And a Train to Dragon 3 in 3D was amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad I saw that one in 3D. I remember texting you afterwards. Like, that, and those I, movies are so like colorful anyway that it just really helps. And especially like when they actually go to the hidden world, like well, and then, then I, I think I saw it before you too, and I was like, oh my gosh, if you go see, obviously you're going to see the movie, you have to go to a 3D show. And I'm like, do not settle for less. <laughs> you yeah. must go to 3D. Well, we did, and that sand looked fucking amazing. The sand looked amazing. <laughs> um, oh, and I, 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 same, same with you too. Going and seeing uh, Nightmare for Christmas the 3rd. I remember the, because I think I did that two, I think they released it two years in a row, but the first year, I remember you went. And we took my good friend Becca with us, and I think it was just a f- like a few of us in a group together went and saw it, and that was a lot of fun. It's just seeing all the puppets in 3D, especially like the Oogie Boogie song and everything in 3D. Hell yeah! I wish I wish they had re-released that anytime yeah. after. That. Yeah, because I I just saw it last week in theaters, but not 3D. Yeah. Oh, real quick side story. So yeah, I went and saw that last week in 3D. Uh, about 10 minutes into the movie, I literally got out of my seat, walked over to some people and said, hey, can you be quiet and not talk during the movie, please? That'd be great. Thanks. And walked back to my seat. Don't you just hate it when you can have to fucking do that? I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, we haven't been in the cinema in months. Just let us enjoy this. God damn it. Like, there's nothing to talk about. Talk later. Just shut the fuck up. God. So annoying. Just like we get it. You think you can? That you are the only people who can hear you. You're fucking wrong. Yeah. Oh, I was so mad. So mad. And they tried yeah. talking. Oh, well, maybe we whisper quieter. Nobody can hear us. We can still hear you. But yeah, that happened last week. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, back to 2000s. Continue franchises. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty so, much well, it. I mean, so yeah, some Hurt stuff, Locker. No- I got a, some stuff for you, though. So you you must see Hurt Locker, Daniel. Uh, you also must see, oh, uh, they, one huge part of the type of was Hispanic filmmakers. Um, I'm going to butcher all their names, so I'm not going to even bother. But you got the guy that directed Birdman and The Revenant. Those are two movies you must see. There's two movies I, I need to Birdman. see. What's that? I wrote down Birdman. I need to see both of those again. Now, you got to see The Revenant, too. Might be almost three hours, but it's good. I hope so. Uh, another one, too. Um, I am going to look up his name. because The Shape of Water guy. What was his name? The guy that did Shape of Water? Guillermo del Toro? Yes. He did, you know, before that, the, the Pan's Labyrinth, which actually I still have never seen. I need I to see that. I still haven't seen that either, but I did write that down because I need to see that one. Great breakout, though, for these actors. I mean, or excuse me, these directors. And yeah, uh, movies I need to see again and for the first time. But uh, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth, Birdman, Shape of Water, Gravity, Children, Men. Great films. I used to be a huge Clive Owen fan in the early 2000s and he just kind of disappeared. But he was in some good stuff for a while. Children of Men, um, Inside Job, Sin City. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he- I wrote down Children of Men, Birdman. Pan's Labyrinth and Memento, because I've still never seen that. Oh, yeah, Memento. That, that's one I've only seen once that I really need to watch again. But uh, I don't know. So what are some other big ones? We talked about Catherine Bigelow a little bit, who did Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. She's an amazing director, and I she's one of those, too. Like, whenever she's got something new coming out, I can't wait to watch. 
I don't think I've seen really any of her movies. So I've never saw I never saw Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker. Oh man, we didn't talk about the Fast and Furious. Back in we're talking about franchises. And there's this little franchise called the Fast and the Furious franchise. All right, cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's still going. They said it's gonna end after the next two movies. We'll see. We'll see. Uh Tarantino films, awesome in the two thousands. I mean, you know, starting out in the nineties with uh Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, and then early 2000s, you got Kill Bill, which I freaking love that movie, Kill Bill. Damn, one and two. I do too. Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, The Hateful Eight, and last year's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Fantastic films by, in yeah. my opinion, a master director. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's fucking great. I- I still really like Quentin Tarantino. I still love his fucking dialogue. That's amazing. It just, it works for me. Well, um, what else do you want to talk about as far as franchises in the 2000s? Well, I think we got to move on to No Country for Old Men. Yeah, we probably should. I don't know. It's just so many fun movies to talk about. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's the, the last two decades are the ones that we've seen a lot of movies in as far as decades go. But uh, right. Yeah, No Country for Old Men. Uh, this is one, uh, I don't know why I've never seen it. Everybody has talked about this and how great it is, and I just never got around to seeing it till now. I mean, yeah, this is definitely one of those movies that it's not just like, wow, it was really good and really great action. Like, oh, it's one of like, it feels like an art house movie. Very slow, very melodic, or methodic. And, you know, just... And honestly, it's definitely a movie that you know, I feel like everybody who's seen it probably just says, like, yeah, you need to watch it more than once. Because while I was technically, like, that's something that I was kind of finding myself, like, I was kind of, like, when I was watching, I'm like, okay, I kind of get, like, the plot, because the plot's fairly simple. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm just not understanding what's happening all at the same time. You know, I mean, because you got the main three characters which are like the assassin Llewellyn and uh Tommy Lee Jones's sheriff character mm-hmm. and the like Tommy Lee Jones sheriff character just like is kind of off to the side trying to get to Llewellyn but obviously he never gets to him right you know trying to help him and then yeah I guess I was confused about the because uh, the way they uh presented it was like on the poster i was confused about the screen time of some of these characters for one biggest surprise to me was uh how little time uh woody harrelson was on screen yeah i know he showed up I'm like okay all right i thought i mean he doesn't show up to like late movie right at least mid movie at least halfway yeah and then he's in there and i'm like oh cool we get to see woody harrelson I'm like this looks like a cool character and then just like free you know it dead yeah yeah, some things didn't go like I thought they'd go. Uh, I got to say, overall, though, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I'm glad I finally saw it. Great actors. I mean, the cast is great. Tom Lee Jones, uh, was Javar Barden, Bardem, Josh Brolin, Woody Harrelson, Kelly McDonald. So great cast of characters. Yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of cool having surprises because, like, again, I thought Woody Harrelson's character would have been bigger, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like I said, he's dead. And I thought we'd at least see 
Josh Brolin's character die if he was going to die? Instead, we don't. Yeah, I was kind of upset with that. I'm like, especially since we're literally following him pretty much the entire movie. It was kind of strange you had to be following him the whole time just to all of a sudden like, oh, he's dead now. What? What? When did that happen? Not only that, but just like off-camera death. Like he's just like, yeah, you think he's going to be the hero. Then he's just like, oh. And then it just goes and it's like, no, he dies like everybody else. I will say the guy that plays, uh, let's say, Javar Bardem, who played Anton, was uh, great. He was the, you know, you saw him in Skyfall. He's the bad guy in Skyfall. He was so good in this movie. It's uh, just as far as playing that role goes, as far as sinister and just like some guy you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. I mean, how he'd go around with that, uh, you know, air tank and the thing that they used to kill cattle with and would just go like when he first got that guy right in the forehead with it. Cause you're like, what's he doing? And also just. Yeah. Right into the brain and just kills him instantly. It's like, Oh shit. Fucking instant. I know he's just like an unreal, like he's unrelentless and he's just unforgiving. Like he'll just kill you just cause he wants to. Yeah. Just cause. Yeah. And you know, from well, when you first like see him, like he gets pulled over. I forget what he gets pulled over. Like he's in the police station handcuffed. And they're not really sure like what he's doing. He just got randomly pulled over and taken into custody. And then he immediately just kills that. I mean, yeah, like that's the first thing you see him do is he immediately kills that uh, deputy that's as soon as he gets off the phone. And then I kind of like him because he's slow and methodical. Like he doesn't move quickly but he moves methodically like after he kills the guy in the police station it seems like he goes into the bathroom and then takes off the handcuffs and washes his hands before he leaves Mm -hmm. you know takes a police cruiser then swaps out for a different car and that's when you see him like murder that guy that he just randomly pulls over right and it's just like also kind of sucks because like yeah like all of his kills is just like you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah every time i I think that's part of what makes him such a crazy uh bad guy is yeah for all these people that he kills a lot of it was just wrong place wrong time just some regular guy just yeah thought he's getting pulled over by the cops does what he's supposed to do pull over to the side of the road just to get murdered yeah it's like and from that to like even like to when like he's talking to I think one of the most tense moments I felt was when he was talking to that like convenience store clerk and asking yes. specific questions. He was getting very unspecific answers and obviously was aggravating him. So he's just like, you know what? Flip the coin. And he's just like, congratulations, you get a live. You know? Yeah. That scene was definitely like, intense. I was like on the edge of our seat, like, oh shit, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I know that, like, yeah, that was really intense because you can tell he's getting more and more aggravated by the conversation. I thought he was just going to straight up shoot him, but no, he gives him, like, that chance, flips the coin. He's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to leave now. And I'm sure that guy's just like, what the fuck? Well, I guess it's great. I mean, spoiler alert, we'll talk about the end, too, but, like, just so unexpected stuff in the end happening, you know, because Josh Brolin's character that we've been following for the whole movie, all of a sudden, dead. That girl in the pool, dead. His wife, I yeah, she's dead. She's dead. They don't show her show it happened, but yeah, she's dead. Um, yeah, and her mom I, dead. Old it, okay, though. I mean, we talk about. I mean, it's a movie that's really old. Definitely watch it if you haven't watched it. But 
like I guess like one of the biggest like subversions to my expectations I've heard about this movie I've heard about the killer I've really the like the assassin is the person I hear about the most yes of the entire movie and it's just the movie like it gives you it has a weird taste it puts a weird taste in your mouth like it's very like kind of like I guess like I don't know if I want to use the word upsetting but it's very unconventional it makes you feel weird there's a lot of good tension in it but then the ending just like kind of threw me for a huge loop when it simply just ends in the middle yeah I'm glad it's not just me because yeah off screen we see uh the character we've been following get killed his wife eventually ends up dead and yeah, we see that moment with the boy after the after he gets you know T-boned by the car. He's got that moment with the boys, and we we think for sure Tommy Lee Jones' character is going to catch up to him at least. And yeah. I mean, I, already my expectations were thrown kind of for a loop when Woody Harrelson's character died because I thought he was going to be in a lot longer than he was. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's dead, and then you know we're wa- I'm watching and I'm not looking at the time at all. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is talking to his, his character, talking to his wife. And then just all of a sudden, credits roll. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I was like, wait, 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 wait what, what? The guy, the what? The bad guy's still out there. What's going on? I know it literally ends with the bad guy buying a, a kid's shirt, and then she's like, "You never saw me," and walking off in a sling. And then Tommy Lee Jones is giving more voice voiceover. Then it's just over. I'm like that. And like, I'm not like I wasn't like mad, but I was just like, I think I was just more in shock like i didn't understand because i'm like i already felt like while i could follow what was happening i wasn't quite understanding why or how like what some things that were happening and then it just ends without a real conclusive ending it's just kind of like yeah shit's fucked fucked. and there's like and that's it that's the moral (laughs) of the story shit's fucked up sometimes and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it like, I, I don't know what the actual moral of the story is. I watched a couple videos to try and explain it, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's still just like, it's a movie that I definitely feel like it's going to need a couple, like, two, like, at least a couple more viewings to kind of just, like, settle in and kind of figure out everything. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like I need to watch it again. I know, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, fuck, I'm like... When I was thinking about that today, I'm just like, fuck, I feel like I need to watch it again to be able to talk about it. Because while, like, I hardly took any notes during it, too. I only wrote down one scene. And that scene was when, right after Llewellyn and him, like, actually have their shootout and he gets them in the leg with the shotgun. And the scene with him just viscerally, like, cleaning up his wounds in the the motel. How he got the stuff to clean himself was great, though, when he put the sleeve, like, in the car and then pulled it out, lit it on fire, and then when he's walking into the store, car just ignites. I thought that was great. And he just walks in the back, picks up when he needs, and fucking leaves. Like, I also kind of love, like, he knows how to make himself invisible. Yeah. Like, no one's going to remember him if he's... There was a fucking car explosion. They're like, what happened? Oh, I don't know. Everybody's looking at the fucking explosion it's just i don't know it was very that's probably my favorite moment with him trying to get some others i don't i don't know he was an intense character though but when he's talking to the guy at the gas station store great moment there 
He, I mean, he was definitely, I mean, maybe he's what makes the movie. I mean, he was a great bad guy, I thought. Yeah. I, like the way to, I think this one pattern. best picture. I'm trying to remember what this was. What the where's awards? I don't know. The box says it has four Academy Awards. So where's awards? Mm-hmm. Why don't I say awards? That's weird. Anyway, best picture winner though. I don't see what awards for some reason. I don't know. Help me out. I don't know. Let me see. Awards. Best motion picture of the year. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Best Achievement in Directing. And Best Writing and Adapted Screenplay. Who, who? What actor won? The guy that played Anton? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, much deserved. I know. I'm like, now I get why you only hear about the... Why you only really hear about the bad guys because he's the most striking presence and he's just like the one that's consistently on screen the most it felt like yeah i liked him and josh brolin's character quite a bit it was kind of fun following his character for a while i know and i did like how he well that's the other thing that's just such a huge subversion like he's obviously overwhelmingly like um like resourceful like luau and like you like when he's like oh how the fuck did he find me and he's like figures out like oh there's probably something in the fucking cash he finds that would um, unfortunately a little bit too little too late mm-hmm. like had he found that right away he might have been able to get away but at the same time even when he took it out woody harrelson was able to find him the other guy was able to find him so it kind of feels like no matter what he was doomed but i thought there was a chance that he was going to come out on top same and i honestly thought like he or would at eventually... least go down in a good fist fight <laughs> Well, yeah, I, when I, they opened the door and he was just laying there dead, I'm like, what? 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 Yeah. But I thought like he would either like the two thoughts or the two endings that I had in my mind is like the the assassin and Llewellyn were just gonna kill each other. Or Llewellyn was gonna be able to kill him and then meet up with the sheriff at the end. But then that just neither of those happened. He's dead, the sheriff's is given a monologue of a movie. Never just got reunited with his wife. Who's also dead yeah her mom's dead yeah it's weird because i enjoyed it all all the way through but it, yeah it's just a strange movie with uh, definitely unexpected turns but i don't know I, I still liked it i'm glad i finally watched it i mean yeah like this thing like as much like i'm in the same boat like i enjoyed what i saw like i just sat down i'm like was ready for to have an experience which i definitely did whether I understood what I just watched, kinda, but not to like a, a fine point. So it's definitely one that I'm gonna go back and rewatch. Yeah, I definitely wanna, now I definitely wanna watch um, There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day Lewis, which I think they came out the same year. That's one I've been putting off for a while now, too, that I need to see. Same. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, I mean, that like, I, still overall, just I like, haven't the- seen yet. Yeah, well, one thing we didn't touch on is, you know, 
Leonardo DiCaprio kind of became Martin Scorsese's leading man in the early 2000s. And they did some great movies together. The Departed, The Aviator, Shutter Island. Yeah. There's a big one I'm forgetting. But yeah, they did some great movies together. Yeah. A lot that of must, That are must-watches for sure. Gangs of New York, I think. They Gangs of New York, that was one, yes. Also starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any of the five, any last thoughts on No Country for Old Men. Beautifully shot. I mean, the cinematography and everything was great. Dialogue was great. Uh, yeah, it just had some unexpected turns. I didn't think it, directions I didn't think it was going to go in, especially when the bad guy's just roaming free. And uh, again, that when it went from him talking to his wife and just cut to credits, I was like, wait, what, 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 what? Yeah. And also something that I didn't realize until I watched a movie or not a movie <laughs> that I watched like a video on No Country for Old Men that there's didn't I didn't think of this while I was watching it because it was just kind of entrenched in the movie itself but like there's no score the only thing you hear throughout is the wind oh my gosh you're right and I was just like how did I not notice that but yeah you're- like it's so it's such a quiet movie that like all like you said no score like I said no score so all you hear is the wind and key moments oh my gosh I I didn't even notice that. Oh my gosh. Which is again something that I'm just like, okay. One, now I remember I just one moment, somewhere in headphones watching it, one moment was it got really quiet when the bad guy's driving the Anton's driving the car and when he gets T boned. I mean I was like like whoa. Just I know, went from like, like super quiet, just boom. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I had my headphones on. I was like, ah, ah. That probably just, scares you. I mean, it scares you. I, mean, I had, like, the TV turn up really loud because the dialogue was so soft, but I didn't want to turn on. I hate watching sub... I hate having subtitles on a movie that I've never seen before. I find it distracting. Oh, very distracting. But yes. there were a couple times that, like, when he was... Anton was talking, I'm like, okay, I had to back it up and turn on subtitles to see what the fuck he actually said. But because he's he talked in such like a low, gnarly, like bassy voice that I found it sometimes hard to understand what he was saying. But yeah, like since such quiet movie, like yeah, I had my volume up way loud so I could hear them talking, and then when that happened, it just like was the loudest thing that happened in the entire fucking movie. I think. Sick bad guy though. I I, I dug him as a bad guy. Yeah, just yeah. a for like an unstoppable force with no immovable object in front of him. Yeah. Doesn't care who he kills. I mean, he'll kill anybody, as we saw. Yeah. His messages are pretty great, though. When he's walking around with the air compressor and just, like, knocking out um, locks. Locks. Just uh, great stuff. And then to see him also use it, just like, yeah, it gets me in. And then also, I kill people with it. Yeah. And, nobody, you know, it's not a gun, so nobody's going to initially expect that I'm some crazed killer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't even actually figure it out. Like, Tommy Lynn Jones, I thought his character was about to figure it out. Then he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just talking. I, my mind wanders. And then it moves on to another scene. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Because I thought he was going <laughs> to figure it out, figure out what they're going to look for, find the guy. But no, it just never happens. It never nope. comes together. Nope. I guess, in a traditional sense, at least. In a traditional sense. Still best picture winner, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what do I know? Probably nothing. <laughs> uh good stuff though but yeah i enjoyed it um yeah any other last thoughts on no country for old men or the 2000s you know 
that's been a fun ride, I, I must say, watching this uh, series one episode at a time, one week at a time. Yeah. It's been enjoyable. My list is huge, huge now as far as movies I need to see. Same. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, No Cuts for Old Men, like I said, like, it was good. I enjoyed Like, I was ready for to have an experience, and I did. Um, so I definitely liked that. It's definitely just going to be a movie that I need to watch a few more times to kind of take the yeah, rest and of I, it. In uh, same of- here, and I don't, I don't mind it being the experience I didn't initially in, in, expect. I'm cool with that. I like surprises. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I liked it. I've really enjoyed it. Definitely need to just rewatch it to get more from it. Um, and as far as like the 2000s go, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot. I mean, there's just so many movies, personally, of the whole series. I think I liked the sections on like probably the 50s, 60s, and 70s the best because those were the eras that I like have seen the least from. Right. So definitely had a little more mystique. I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. I need to watch this. I need to watch that. And as the episode's gone, I got it kind of like lost the mystique because I'm like, okay, well, since it's getting closer to things I'm more familiar with, it's less exciting because it's not like throwing me like, oh, you've never heard of this movie? Well, it's fucking awesome. You should watch it. Like, right. oh, you know, but I still enjoyed the series overall and had a lot of fun watching it. It was a good ride. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah. yeah, looking forward to more stuff. Yeah. But yeah, everybody, streaming on HBO Max right now, the movies. If you just want to see some old Hollywood and just get inspired to go watch a ton of movies like we have been, I mean, our list is huge now. So many fucking movies. Go watch it. All right. Well, shall we wrap it up here? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. That wraps up are you know that's the conclusion of the movies docuseries and we'll be back next week with something new and different not sure what yet but there's a few movies that came out i don't know we'll figure it out we'll figure it out all right daniel where can they find us they can find us online on movies underscore brews on instagram and twitter let us know what you thought about the last episode the whole docuseries you know no country for old men just let us know let us know what you like about it or yeah, maybe so, you just like are just upset and confused as we were. Yeah. And I want to say thanks everybody for downloading the show. Thanks for sharing it with others. And we will talk to you next week on Movies and Brews. Cheers. 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 Cheers.